0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Lead Her podcast. Today we have a good friend of mine as our guest, Nick Thompson. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you for having me. <laughs> Nick is the owner of Redefine You and the athletic artist. And me and Nick actually know each other through our partners, our crazy partners, <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe and Chris, who knew each other through playing football at university. And I went to the same university as Chris as well, so I had awareness of who Chris was. And then one day, Chris had this new girlfriend, and we were like, who's this gorgeous girl? <laughs> Going on the next page, she just looks so fit, so healthy. She was a coach, she danced, and, like, you do, like, that really incredible badass, like, Beyonce style dancing that I would just love to be able to move my body that way. And I was like, wow, this girl is incredible. I cannot wait to meet her. We get to meet at weddings and any social occasions that the boys have. um, And we always get to kind of have a good wee chick catch up when we're at those events. But through the first few times meeting you, I started to realize that there was a lot more behind the Instagram version of Nick. Yeah
1: definitely definitely sorry you glitched there I don't know if that caught me there but yeah yeah definitely.
0: (laughs) Amazing there's been so much that your little body has been through and there's so much of your story as well that I feel like you've maybe not had the opportunity to share or you've maybe just not known where to start sharing it because you've been through a hell of a lot so um, you kindly came on today to kind of open up this conversation because I do think it could help so many women that have gone through a similar process so How are you feeling about opening up and sharing everything you've been through?
1: Good. I think we all go through our own version of struggle, right? Like we all go through something that challenges us in some way. Um, Mine's felt like a whole identity crisis, a whole life-changing experience. But I guess like, you know, that you can only ever take the positives away from it. So not that I'm trying to say that life is sunshine and roses because it's definitely hard and it's definitely a struggle. But there's definitely positives to always come out of it. So, no, I'm happy to share it.
0: Amazing. And I feel like I keep forgetting that you had this whole other life. Like just before we came on this call, you're like, oh, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in Portugal. I'm like, have you been here? And you're like, no. Normally when I say I've been somewhere, you're like, yeah, I was on there on the cruises. And I was like, yeah, I forget that you did that. Um, I always seem to forget, and I just see the version of you just now. Like, I've written down a list. Like, if we go on your Instagram right now, we do see you as like you're studying to do a master's, which we'll chat about later as well. You're running like multiple businesses. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching dance, you're training. You're a dogman to the amazing Brendan, who I love. It's like the best <laughs> content. Um, you're also doing all your own training as well for like running and stuff last year. Um, and you're also out partying with Chris and days <laughs> and traveling, and it's just amazing. It's it's like not from a place of like oh god what's that woman doing and she's sharing all her life but i love it and it's just so authentically you and amazing to see so um yeah i think we deep dive into like what's been going on before that life that we see now because i think a lot of people on instagram do see us as fit healthy strong and we've always been that way but we have all had things that we've had to work through to eventually get here and that didn't happen overnight (laughs) exactly Yeah so I thought we'll kind of reverse it right back to like before being on the cruises and stuff we'll see how much we get through today because it's been a hell of a ride but what was like growing up for you like like were you like right I'm always going to be a performer
1: a dancer this is what I want to do tell us about a young Nick. Yeah so I feel like my childhood and my adulthood was very blended because dance has always been this huge part of my life. I've always danced since, I mean, since I was three years old, I came out the womb dancing, I was always in a dance class. Um, and then when I hit, went to high school, my dance, so I went to like a specialised dance school where we were able to like specialise in dance as our course curriculum. And we got to fast track through kind of the, the qualifications for dance. And it was that teacher who I owe so much to. She believed in me in ways that I never, ever, ever believed in myself back then. And it was her that always said, you can do this, like, you could you could make it. Like, that's, like, I guess, the, the way you say <laughs> it, and that make it. Um, and it was her that really pushed me to, like, train harder and to take as many classes as possible, um and just really immerse myself in what dance can offer because dance isn't just a case of us like on stage kicking our face and wearing pretty costumes, and which is a great part of it. And that's like the showmanship of it. But it's for me, during my childhood, it genuinely was my outlet. It was my voice. I went through a bit of a troublesome time at high school. I never really got on with the people that I was kind of with in my dance class. and. It was a really like lonely time for me. So like my high school experience, dance was like, I can only describe dance as like my best friend. It was the way that I could express myself, I could voice myself, it's the way that I felt heard, it's the way that I felt valued. Um, and I was very fortunate that I was actually all right at it. So I got, you know, awards and things like that. So it was where I got a lot of validation. And um, but it really was for me not just this physical thing that I spent 20 hours on top of school doing it was something that I genuinely went to class i worked on something every time I got better and I had an emotional outlet which I feel really fortunate to have had um so yeah my dance teacher really pushed me to kind of not in a pushy way but like in an encouraging way to like push me to she knew how much I wanted to do it and I remember we went on a cruise when I was 16 on holiday and we were sitting in the audience and we had watched the first show and like I would think it was the second night of the the production cast and I turned to my, my, my mom after it and I was like I'm going to do that one day like a thousand percent the next time you come on a cruise will be to visit me and I will be doing that I am um, so yeah it's very much always been for me not just like a physical thing that I'd done and wore pretty costumes like it for me it was a whole soulful experience of like an emotional outlet and feeling heard and feeling like i mattered
0: yeah wow that's amazing I love when people have those moments of like I am gonna do that and you can just it just feels real and it doesn't feel like you're faking it until you make it it's like I'm literally gonna do that one day and how did you get into them Was it your was your mom or anyone else in family like kind of like that, or was it just no? You?
1: No one, no one is no. I mean, if you see videos on my Instagram of me and my mom dancing, like we have fun. But like, i oh yeah, mom. oh my god, <laughs> you shared a video of your mom on Instagram. I was amazed she can move. So you did get it from your mom. <laughs> I know she's she's some women. Um, she's a good a good laugh to be honest. But no, she like I'm not from a family of dancers or musicians or artists or anything like that. Um like yeah we were just a normal family um so I don't know where it came from to be honest it was just I don't know it was like in my it was in my being I don't know I know that's really deep for the beginning of this podcast but it is it's just I think dance can be like that it's like an emotional attachment so yeah I don't I don't know where it came from I just always done it
0: (laughs) and I think having that one person that believes in you makes such a huge difference as well so when you've got a peer that's like look if you keep doing this you could be really good at this like for someone to take that interest in you it makes you feel really special and it makes you go well if they if an adult knows i can do that then i can do it um and it's even the same with us with coaching women just now like even for me like just having someone like joe to believe in me i was like oh wow like you actually think i could coach and i could do this like one person you can have such an impact on someone's life being that person
1: that like support
0: help them achieve things it's incredible
1: And I think as well, like for you being a coach and both myself being a coach, that having that one person that believed in, not that i mean, my mom believed in me, my dad believed in me, but (laughs) that one person, that external person that saw something in me that I didn't see, like it makes you excited when you're able to show that to a client when you believe in them and you know that they're capable of something and they go and achieve it and they're like, well, I was able to do that. Like it's a nice feeling to then pass that on, which is nice.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant. And I think, like in our own head, we can totally talk ourselves down and tell ourselves we can't do anything. And we listen to that so much. And then, no matter what your partner or anyone says to you, it just doesn't change. But when it's an outside source and it's someone that's already doing it or doing something, like similar to it and they believe in you it almost just shuts down those negative voices and just makes you like narrow-minded where you're like right I am going for it now because I know I can kind of do it it just shuts down all the negativity which is really cool And um, but back to you sorry totally excited. <laughs> so where did like what happened so did you finish your um course and then straight shot into the cruises or did so you I was
1: so fortunate I was one of the youngest dancers to work for Norwegian Cruise Lines who I worked for I was only 18 when I left so I went to college for a year to do my diploma um I had actually got into a school down in London but so it basically the year that I started it was means tested so although I got a scholarship it was still based on like your family income essentially and we made enough that we didn't get enough help but we didn't make enough where I could fund you know and £40,000 course plus living expenses so I never got to go and I like I used to always think at that age like I'm gutted like I never got to do that experience but at the same time like I still got the same job that I would have got regardless so um, I'm, I'm really kind of glad and fortunate of the way that I got into it. So I would go to auditions. Um, I actually used to, so I would be at college Monday to Friday. I worked at McDonald's Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and I used to save up, I got paid pennies, but I used to whatever I, I made would pay for my trip to London. So most weeks I would go to London and I would auditions, but I wasn't, I I was a student, I worked at McDonald's, I didn't have a lot of money. So Whatever money I did have, I would normally, me and my friend, we would leave college, normally. Editions would be like a Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know if it's still like that. And we would leave college straight away on a Monday. We would go at the train station. We'd get the overnight train down to London. We'd pay 10 pence into the Euston train station toilets, do our makeup, walk to the studios where the audition would be. We'd queue for probably about two hours, get in, be seen for maybe 20 minutes to half an hour, probably get cut. And then wait until the next overnight train back up to Scotland and then go straight to college because we wouldn't have time to go home. So it was like a tough, it's a tough industry regardless, but it was always it's obviously tough when you're a student as well. You're not that experienced in it. So I also looked like a child. I was 17 at the time. I really did not grow any sort of female or womanly body or face or feature until I was Pro. I mean, honestly, until I was probably 22, but I still hadn't fully kind of developed so I looked like a child I was obviously dancing more maturely than I looked so like I wasn't always kind of um fit in the role I guess because dance does come down to you fit in the role but anyways I got the job for Norwegian Cruise Lines and it was a dream role I was 18 I moved to Florida I was there for two months for rehearsals then went on a ship and and toured an amazing part of the world for for months and I'd done Four contracts back to back, and again, I was super fortunate because I was I was always kind of rehired. Like they, I was always I had a good relationship with the company, so I was able to go back out on a new contract. I got to pick shows that I I wanted to do. I got to do the they asked me to be in the inaugural class for a new show that they were developing, um, and I was able to de- I progress and do aerial work as well. So I was kind of up in the air, um, and learning a whole new skill. And I was working with some of like legends in the industry so for me like at 18 years old I was starstruck I was with I was living my dream and as cliche as a cringe as that was I feel so lucky that I got to do that and that's honestly when I look back on that part of my life that's all I feel is just genuine luck that I got to be with the people I got to be with
0: yeah amazing and what was the lifestyle
1: like outside of this <laughs> busy chaotic <laughs> yeah. active was- life yeah I mean it was I mean you can't deny it right like you're performing for a living so that's the dream number one you're traveling the world dream number two you're meeting people that just have world different wor- like worlds are colliding and different cultures are colliding it's incredible but it's not although I was living my dream as a dancer and I had that soulful experience it's not it wasn't the healthiest lifestyle I ever had it wasn't the healthiest point in my life I ever was um there is a lot of aesthetic expectation as a dancer and that's something that I heavily felt through probably if I can remember from as young as kind of 16 17 I was starting to be aware of my body shape and how it looked and now I still look like a child like I have pictures from my first contract and I look like a child, um, I actually we'll talk about this later on, but I never actually got my period until I was twenty two because I was so undernourished and overtraining, um, so the lifestyle wasn't the best. I we were weighed biweekly. We had a five pound weight limit, so you weren't allowed to be up or down that five pound weight limit, um, you you could be reprimanded for that, and they're it dancers because of the aesthetic expectations, and obviously we're getting rid of things like that. It's um yeah that there's no sort of health education as a dancer. You're not taught how to look after yourself. Um, as a dancer, you're taught how to pick a job, but you're not necessarily taught how to have a health within your career. And um, one of the youngest things, or one of the first things I remember when I was seventeen was the advice I had got was a tubalaxes and an apple a day, you'll be fine. And although I looked, I was a twig and I was tiny and I was all having all sorts of. Physio, um, physiological problems that it just was never enough. Like you just always had to strive to be smaller and smaller and smaller, and that definitely carried on throughout my contracts when I was working professionally. There was days where we would, I would go to the gym in the morning. I would do a tech run of the show, so a full out show, do two back to back shows, and then go to the gym afterwards. And I would eat like you know the little hundred calorie, twenty seven gram of oats. I'd have a little sachet of that maybe an apple and a lot of coffee and a lot of pre-workout and Red Bull and it, it wasn't for me a lot of dancers or some dancers don't necessarily struggle in that way for me it really was something I struggled with and I'm not sure if that was because of the perfection in me because I got validated through my dance that for me I had to fit the perfect mold and therefore anything outside of that just wasn't good enough
0: yeah don't you I don't know if you feel like this but when I think back to like an 18 year old me I feel like I I was an adult and I knew what I was doing and I was living my life or whatever but now when I look back I'm like wow I was so young and I think like you're going to do what people tell you to do at that age aren't you or what everyone else is around you is doing you're just going to follow suit because that's what everybody does you don't know any different at that age I don't think exactly
1: I totally agree and it's something that I see and with my clients that I work with, like whether, you know, dance aside, diet culture is a very common thing and we often are, we see our, I was very lucky actually, that I didn't see my mom do it, but our parents and our grandparents talking about calories and how they can't eat bad food and they have to be skinny and they're getting ready for their holiday and things like that. It's just like 10 times amplified in the, the dance industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, although a lot of these comments weren't necessarily directed at me. You, you, It's all you hear and it's all, you don't hear any other side of the coin. So yeah. it's all that's just going round your head. So you're like, what else is there? Like that must be the answer to yeah. the it's,
0: it's that era as well, isn't it? Because like yeah. even a lot of people now, like when we watch Love Actually now, or we watch like Bridget Jones, we're like, holy hell, like why are they literally calling that woman on the telly fat when they're not? Like they're yeah. Perfectly healthy, gorgeous women, and they're saying that she's got thunder thighs and stuff. You're just yep. like, I cannot believe that was on the telly when we were younger. Yep. No wonder we were like obsessed with not gaining weight or looking a certain way, even it's though perfect. it was so beautiful and healthy and normal. It's hundred percent that we were brought up with that.
1: I know at college, I always remember I used to drink a lot of those like booties um, yeah. and yeah, a lot of detox teas, and that's I would have a ten like you know the little. Ten of sweet corn for my dinner a tin of sweet corn and a, di- a detox tea after like a 12-hour day and I just think as an athlete you're not feeling yourself like no wonder my career ended early do you know what I mean like what other outcomes are going to be um but also just for general female health whether you're a dancer an athlete or just an everyday woman like you're that's not healthy for anyone that's not even from a mindset perspective yeah, definitely. And when I do see photos of you when you've shared them
0: on your Instagram and stuff of you just like starting on the crazies, you do look so young and you're absolutely yeah. teeny. Um, and yeah. again, a lot of people would be like, oh, look at neck dancing and traveling the world and doing all this. But you were literally go, go, go. Surviving yeah. on nothing and working seriously, yeah. seriously hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And possibly causing a little damage to your body as well but before you move on to that did your mum ever get to come out to cruises and watch you
1: yes she did we got that dream come true she came out on my second um my second contract my whole family came out and they it was incredible to see my worlds collide um yeah it was a dream come true seeing them out in there and I think they obviously loved it too to see that I made that dream come true for myself which is nice
0: that's amazing, I love that your mum got to see you, that's so cool, it's, like, it's one of those like movie moments isn't it, when you're like I'm going to do that and then for her to sit there and watch you do it, it's so cool, yeah, yeah, and seeing all your hard work pay off as well to get you exactly. to that level.
1: Yeah, wild experience, wild. <laughs> amazing, so how
0: many years did we do on the cruises?
1: I was on the ship for, or I was on ships for about um, four and a half to five years, I was on and off. Again, I was very fortunate that my contracts were very, like, short distances. So I was maybe home for, like, a month or two, and then I'd be back out again. Um, And then on my third one, I had two medical disembarkations. And then it took me about six months to get back out on the ship again um, from those injuries. Yeah, what were those? So the first one I had was probably the most prominent one and it's probably well it not probably it is the one that um honestly changed my life and it's something I still deal with to this day so doing the aerial work that I did um basically that the apparatus wasn't checked correctly before I was in flight and the point hoist which is the thing that I'm like connected to in the air I was on the ground thankfully but I was meant to go up and it came down while I was in a fast spin, and it cracked my skull. And um, so I had a concussion, I had a twelve-week concussion. I was medically disembarked for the pain I was in, and um, but also just for the like the the concussion. For the I was very confused. My brain, like I just couldn't feel like I could operate. I couldn't perform. I was very dizzy all the time. So I was disembarked for that for about six weeks and then I went back out and then six weeks later I ruptured a ligament in my foot and I broke my foot in the middle of the show so I was medically disembarked after that um and I had to go through hydrotherapy to kind of teach my foot how to move again without this ligament in it um so but luckily I still got back out though which was good
0: yeah so one one more kind of but you didn't know
1: it was going to be one more did you no like, I didn't I was I was actually I had that one and I was meant to go out again and on the morning of the contract I was having seizures again and I couldn't go. Wow
0: so that was from your head injury
1: you were still having seizures as well from that? Yeah so they didn't under or we didn't understand the extent to what that or how that um, accident impacted me so I was I mean for my whole dance career I wasn't feeling myself properly I was overtraining I was undernourished like I said I hadn't had my period my hair was brittle like I wasn't well looked after from my I wasn't looking after myself so that firstly didn't help me whatsoever in the recovery side of things and then when I had my accident I I was back and forth to the doctors constantly and they were always just kind of saying like you know you're just exhausted you're just tired you're just dehydrated it was never really investigated and then I was having I've had seizures all my life, but I was having I had not had any in almost 10 years. And then I started to have seizures again. So I knew something wasn't right. And in the morning of what was meant to be my fifth contract, I had another seizure. And I just thought, I can't do this. Like I can't go into the middle of the ocean having not a clue what's going on in my body, not feeling myself um, and just feeling detached. Like I felt like my body and my mind weren't working congruently, like they weren't working together. So I, was, I made the decision, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I just, I can't. Mentally, I just wasn't in a good place with it, with the whole industry. And then physically, my body just couldn't hack it anymore. I just beat it into the ground. Um, so I stayed home. I luckily um, was, got, had qualified as a PT and that's why I got into personal training. I actually was, with the free time that I had on the ship is when I qualified because I knew, starting on my second contract, going into my third I knew how much I wasn't looking after myself I knew that what I was experiencing wasn't healthy and it wasn't normal and I like I like I deserved better my body deserved better so that's when I started to qualify as a PT firstly because I wanted to understand how to actually look after my body and that's yeah that's why I qualified so with that kind of qualification and with the knowledge I started to build I went into a a PT and in person and then during COVID, again, still wasn't looking after myself. I was still, I, by this point, I'd learned how to track calories. And I was actively eating, you know, about 1,200 calories a day. I was teaching two classes a day. I was coaching maybe 10 clients a day. I was doing my own training. Again, I wasn't in a good place. And that's, my health was always up and down. And I just thought, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm dehydrated. But it never made me make any different decision. And then when lockdown started to hit, I became bed bound for about four months and I couldn't really get out of bed. I was going through a lot of my personal life at the same time. Emotionally, I wasn't in a good place, but that with the condition I was diagnosed with, that is a big onset on how this condition develops and gets worse, essentially. So during the lockdown, I was like, no, like I my mom has started to find out information about this condition and she's like, this sounds like everything you've got because my blood pressure would drop. My heart rate was through the roof constantly. I just wasn't in a good place. Um, and then I was back up and down from London. I was actually being scanned for brain damage because of the concussion that I had. It was still causing effects. Um, I was losing, I'd lost some hearing. I'd lost some sight. And I basically, yeah, I was up and down London getting different tests. And I was diagnosed with a condition called postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And that was as a result of one having a really serious head knock and then also the emotional kind of stress that i was going through and then i don't know the name of the other one but i was actually basically has to go through rehabilitation to reconnect my or it was basically called audio vestibular rehabilitation to reconnect the, I don't again I don't know the ins and outs of it but it was like mm-hmm. the brain waves to my nervous system or something like that I don't really know um so yeah it it it, re, it wasn't until about a year and a half later that it all started to come to fruition that something was wrong wow well, okay sorry that was a lot I just talked there
0: <laughs> no but it's just like listening to all that I don't know about you now but when you listen to all that you go holy hell like yeah, your body was just telling you to stop and to stop moving and to just recover really like from everything it been through um but the first thing that shocked me was you saying like six weeks after having
1: the six weeks right after your fall that you were like right I'm back up I'm ready to go yeah. again yeah. isn't that wild I know I think it's the perfection of me as a dancer but I think most women to be honest are just like we're fine we'll just get on with it like I'm sure most women listening to this can can understand that like you're fine we're just like I'll just get on with it I don't feel great but I'm fine I'll get on with it and I think that's just a mindset a lot of women have and then add the perfectionist of being a dancer in there and your job being at stake for you having anything wrong with you then yeah like I was going to be like there was no other option for me at that at the young age of 19 do you know what I mean
0: yeah I think it's wild as well like I always notice like when people even myself like I've been through a lot of injuries last year and this year with running and in my head it's like I've took a couple of weeks off maybe two weeks off or even just a couple of days off and I'm like right I've and it's like no like this is actually a lot more serious and we kind of realize that you're not going to be better in one or two weeks that doesn't mean that you give up and you never exercise again but it's just like what are ways that you can work around it to still eat better still move still look after your body but i think we always really like if something's going to someone says to you something's going to take two weeks to heal give yourself four you know yeah I think like a lot of my injuries this year have been months like six months like for me to like fully kind of recover from them I don't know if that's an age thing like now in my 30s maybe things take a bit longer to heal but honestly I do think like we put so much pressure on ourselves to be better yeah. within a week. Like, even when you get ill, it's like we just want to be back up and fire yeah. all cylinders again. It's wild that we're just kind of wired that way, that we just want to get up and get on with it. But yeah. when you have injured yourself or broke something or hurt something, like, it's really kind of committing a good bit of time um, yeah. to build things up slowly as well, rather than going fill all in and yeah. at such a high level again. It's crazy. And one other thing I was going to say as well, like, when you were saying, like, you felt like two different parts of you like did you notice that when you went back like did you struggle to like remember moves or
1: did you feel you didn't maybe move your normal self or i just never danced the same like i just always felt disconnected from my body which when i tell you like what dance meant to me like it being my ex like my um like my voice and things like that like it's that's hard when you just feel like you're it's so disconnected but also as well like one of my good friends that I that is actually from Scotland, we didn't meet until we were out in the States, but we worked in that contract together. And I just feel like I always joke to him and I'm like, I was a different person because it wasn't just the physical response to it, like of movement, it was the psychological response and the emotional response of not feeling connected, not feeling that like you could ever perform at your best again, but also being so under and over-trained and exhausted and tired and drained, I was a shell I was moody I didn't like socialize much I just was like work 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 and I just I wasn't myself and I always joke oh, I would write an apology letter to everyone but it, I wouldn't but it's just you would it's just it didn't ever although that they were some of like the best years of my life I also feel like it wasn't my life because I wasn't living at half the time because I was so disconnected if that makes sense
0: yeah and i think as well there's like that it's it's still relevant today as well there's like that it should be hard culture it should be like Mm -hmm. i think i've seen you write something like that before like it's almost like cool to survive on coffee for the day and it's like no it's not but there is some sort of hit people get from not feeling themselves properly and seeing that as a good thing rather than the opposite of feeling yourself better to perform yeah. better this is not just for performers this is for women that have really mm-hmm. busy careers and mums not to just get by when their kids scraps but to actually eat and feel their body they should take pride in their body that way then being yeah. like oh if I've not ate today haha it's like that's yeah not a good thing
1: I know Chris always says to me he's like I'll be like super stressed and exhausted and running myself like, like my, my fuse will be pure short. And he'll be like, Nicholas, stop punishing yourself. And for him to just say that to me, is like, you're right. Like, what is the point in it? And I say that, like, you know, I can't remember my clients that it's like your diet, like if your diet and are working towards a fitness goal or whatever, it shouldn't be punishing. It shouldn't be this experience that you hate. You feel miserable, tired, drained. It should be is there sacrifice yeah but is it worth it and is it exciting and should you still enjoy it yes and I think for me like that's something I always struggle with and I think I don't know if it's a perfectionist or where it comes from or the validation that I don't dance anymore but I feel like and a lot of women will resonate with this I'm sure you probably resonate with this you feel like you have to punish yourself to feel validated and it's just not it's not and for Chris to just say to me Nicholas stop punishing yourself it's like that wake up call every once in a while right okay let's evaluate here and I think a lot of my clients do the same right okay it doesn't have to be punishing okay what can I do instead how can it be enjoyable how can I like collaborate the fun of it and the goodness of life and achieving something great still perfect so true isn't it we've just got yeah. our
0: expectations so high and if we can't do all these expectations we feel like we're failing and yeah. it's like just lower the. It, and everybody we're, we can all say this like I can say this and you can say this today but we're still we still do it and we both have conversations <laughs> about <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a zoom and be like ah, I'm so stressed <laughs> um, like we're not perfect at it but it's it's awareness of it isn't it and it's yeah. like being able to snap out of it quicker compared to like living like that and punishing yourself for weeks upon end um now it's like okay it maybe lasts a couple of days and we're like right give yourself a bloody break you're human and Mm -hmm. you need to have a bloody life and I think a part of it does come from self-employed and you've been in self-employed like all your life as well and like you need to work we need to work and we need to always be at our best, and and that is an impossible job for a lot yeah. of us. And that's even like mums as well. You always need to be at the top of your game and top of your level. Um, everybody relies on us, don't they? And yeah. exactly, exactly. puts the pressure on us to be always showing up, I guess, as well. So we had this bad injury, then we broke the foot, and then we were like, right, did did you just you were going to do your fifth one? And then you were like, no I'm not going. You were having your seizures. So body was going through a hell of a lot then what were you Jordan? I was
1: 22
0: mm-hmm. yeah um, and did you ever think of did you just think you were going to dance and perform all your life or did you ever have
1: like a plan b um no <laughs> so my dad if he's ever listened to this not that he'll listen but he um you still always say to me in school you need a plan b and I was I have been misindependent my whole life, right? I've always been a I can do it myself. I don't need anything. I got this, um, and I was like, Dad, stop telling me I need a plan B because i and my ego was saying you don't believe in me, and it was never the case. It was my dad looking out for me. He wanted the best for me because he knew I was never going to be dancing until I was seventy years old, right? I mean that, that he was realistic. Let's be honest. So. No, um, I, I didn't really think that far. I always said I would do ships until I was about twenty one, and then I wanted to move to London and do that experience. But I never got to do that because of my injury. Um, but yeah, I hadn't thought of a plan B. I was just fortunate that I started to dive into this fitness side of things, and I was intrigued by it. That I almost opened up the door for me to explode it. So probably without that accident, I wouldn't be, thrown down a path.
0: Yeah, and do you think it's easy to say that now because. Sometimes I feel like, I honestly do think when people tell me stuff, I'm like, everything happens for a reason, doesn't it? But sometimes when you're in the mess and it's hard, like, it's really hard to think that way. But, like, would you have met Chris? Like, how I didn't know you? Like, not that that needs to change everything, <laughs> but it's like just so funny that, like, your life just changes in certain ways and then you you wouldn't even have Brendan. Like, it's wild, isn't it?
1: I was actually, I spoke to Joe about this recently and we were talking about how when you go through something like that and it's you can only ever see the negatives until you're out the other side and I tell my clients like this all the time I have a client she has scoliosis and she's having she's had really bad flare up recently and for her it's like the end of the world that she can't exercise and like okay but this gives us the opportunity to focus on other things it doesn't mean that you can't it's the end of the road and I think sometimes you can go through you know when i was in that point in my life when i was at the worst mental state i've ever been in in my life i was bed bound covid had happened i was going through a lot of my personal life I had an identity crisis my career had ended like where do you see positive in that because right in that moment in time there was none it didn't ever feel like it was but like you're saying it's not until you come out the other end and i'm like okay well i've now got a life that i would never have had if I was still in the dance world because I wouldn't have Brendan I wouldn't have a home I wouldn't have potentially I wouldn't have Chris like I wouldn't have the family and the little world that I'm building now because that's not as a freelancer you're here there and everywhere you're traveling all the time you know you're just a bit of a everywhere yeah and that's great but i love how chris comes after brendan <laughs> <laughs> whoopsies
0: babies <laughs> first <laughs> even if we're babies we put I, I hope i said that at the start by the way i, I did i said oh. dog. yeah I, did, I said dog mom just in case people are thinking dog mom like yeah dog,
1: yeah brendan is a dog
0: <laughs> <laughs> um okay amazing i think that ties in really nicely like with us thinking of right what did you do in those hard moments in the lowest of lows like What got you through those days? Because sometimes people can be sat in those moments right now and they cannot see past it. Like, is there anything that comes back in your head when you're, like, bedbound? Like, is it other people? Was it things that you did? Like, what helped you kind of slowly come out of that?
1: Yeah. I think for me it was a very lonely time because I pushed everyone around me away, right? Because I was, like I said, for me it was a, a complete identity crisis. I danced my whole life. When I had, was up and down to London for for my screening and my health testing, they were basically saying, you're never really going to be able to be active again, never mind dance again. So for me, I was like, what's the point, right? Because that's the, all I've known. It's all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. I love it. Um, and I, it, it, I can only describe it as like a really bad relationship breakup. Like, that's what it felt like. It was like this, I just felt... I felt broken and I was just thought, what, like, what am I going to do? What is my life going to look like? Because this is where I hang my hat. This is where I get validation. This is where I feel heard and what I love doing. What am I going to do? And being bedbound, I couldn't do anything at the time. Um, And like I said, I pushed everyone away because I was like, I didn't see value in myself past my career title at the time. And I broke down a lot of relationships because I, I just didn't see the purpose. Like I was that low and for me, the thing that allowed me to continue making progress was honestly putting one foot in front of the other. Like, it genuinely was that simple. For me, it was actually getting out of my bed one day to go and eat breakfast. For me, it was then going for a shower after that. For me, it was then walking around the block. For me, it was then sitting in the garden with my mom and dad and being social. Like, it genuinely got to that point. So it was, it was never the bit like where I am now. Back then, I would never imagine where I am now, running half marathons, training frequently, juggling what I juggle. I I would never have imagined it and I wouldn't have got there unless I had put one foot in front of the other. So like my biggest, biggest piece of advice for anyone that's, you know, we all go through hardship and we all have different ways of dealing with it. But for me, it was one foot in front of the other. It was just making those small little steps that allowed me to feel like I accomplished a little bit more than I did the day before. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and people, like, overlook the small steps so much, don't they? And they don't celebrate them. But when you're in that kind of position or even right now, if you were going through, like, a body transformation or taking a big change in your life, like, it starts with the really, really kind of small small steps that seem like nothing. Um, Honestly, yeah. nothing beats, like, getting a proper shower. Like, see when you're even, like, unwell and you have that first shower after being unwell. Yeah. You're really low and you have a shower. I don't know what it is, but... Yeah clean hair and like <laughs> you just feel a little bit more you again and it's just such a simple step but almost some for some people that can be really hard to do is just to get in the shower um and yeah, just kind of breaking it down to those little things to let it add up to so much more Absolutely. eventually when you're ready to um anything else like and I, I, actually before we do like I find it really interesting when you say as well like you push everybody away because a lot of people do that like when a lot of people are struggling that's when you need help
1: the most yep. it's like you don't want to speak to anybody exactly um yeah I know it's so interesting is it that we do that we just have isolation. I also when I was diagnosed with my health conditions and I was getting treatment it was when I was actually diagnosed with I don't know if diagnosed is the right word for this but I was diagnosed with um relative energy deficiency in sports it's called reds it's very common or not well yeah it's actually very common for female athletes but it is uh there's a, a relationship between poor mental dysfunction and um, bone density and basically undernourishment, and that was the first time someone had ever ever until i was 20 i was probably 22 20 at the time someone had ever said you're not looking after yourself and it came up in a test i was doing it i had to do a vo2 max test or something like that um. And they were like, you, you should be well above where you are for your age um, and for how like how, how much I how you do. So it was the first time someone had ever called me out for being like, you're not doing enough to look after yourself. And I think that was a big trigger point. And it was when I started, I had got a coach and I was like, look, I, I don't want to know calories and things like that, but I need to get better. And that was just where it was. And I think having someone that was an external source that really didn't know what I was going through but just made sure that I'd done the basics to look after myself was really helpful so although I pushed everyone away that was close to me having someone external who was looking at my health not me was really beneficial because then I'm very like I am very goal driven I think a lot of women are a lot of the women that I work with need to have a running goal in sight like a, a race or a specific holiday like we like to have goals and for me i very much like a goal to work towards so instead of me working towards trying to be better which is so general i was working towards specific health markers and specific like trying to increase my body weight and things like that because Those were the goals I was able to work towards. And that gave me a little bit of motivation because then when I started to look after myself, I felt better. I felt more energized. I felt less dizzy. My symptoms subsided. I could do a little bit more activity. I saw better results physically. Um, So I think for, to translate that for like, I guess, people that weren't in that situation, having someone that helps you like understand your goal and where you're working towards and how to get there in a safe way is really beneficial because it just allowed me to like, continue to build that motivation I'll say it my my clients like you don't go to the gym or you don't get motivation to go to the gym you go to the gym and create your own motivation to continue going and so that's what that done for me so I think that was really a beneficial tool for me as well to have someone overlook it and just give me a little target to work towards
0: yeah, I think a lot of people like that with having a coach, they do like having someone that doesn't know them, doesn't know their family, doesn't know their friends, doesn't know their history, where they can just start scratch, start yeah. clean and just kind of focus on the basics. I think that's weirdly something that a lot of people really like through having a coach and they actually sometimes feel like we know for sometimes for us when we've coached in person knowing that you've done that as well is like a lot of the time you're hearing things that you're like hmm don't know, you should be telling me that like I've only, been, I've only spent two hours with you and, and sharing all this stuff with me but I think a special place and a special thing about coaches is that we listen whereas if yeah. I me and you like friends we'll sit and talk over each other and yeah. it's like blah 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 blah, blah. whereas yeah. like when you're a coach you just kind of sit and you listen and you let people talk and talk and talk and that just like releases so much stress that I think people don't realize that they kind of get from that kind of interaction with a coach which yeah definitely. um so um where will they go from here <laughs> so do, was there Ooh. anything else that like um Helped you because a a big part of me as well. Like if we think of someone just now who maybe loses a job or loses their identity as a person, like that's some. It wasn't just your health
1: that we lost; it was also you as a person. So, like, how did we rebuild that? It was finding because it wasn't just me unable to dance. It was me really unable to do a lot of physical activity for a good couple of months. And for someone that was active, dance, whatever, if that was hard, so it was finding joy in other activities. Mm -hmm. So I. I'm a bit of a bookworm, I'm a bit of a geek, I enjoy reading, that's something I started to do a lot more and I started to read books that actually rather than, I'm not really one to read to like escape reality, like to read a novel and get lost in a story, but for me it was like reading books that allowed me to understand what I was going through and find ways to help me, Um, but I think both can work either way. So like doing things that I started to enjoy, um, or find joy in, that wasn't, physical activity so things like reading things like being a little bit girly and having a bubble bath and like spending three hours putting a face mask on and washing your hair and doing your tan and scrubbing it off and all those things um, allowed me to just feel like I was looking after myself yes from a health perspective but from a mental perspective and giving myself a little bit of a release to allow myself to look after myself if that makes sense and so I definitely tried to find joy in the little things enjoying things that weren't dance or fitness related
0: Yep and the whole thing it kind of comes back to injury
1: is this is not a two-week process right? Oh this I am still to this day and that was what four five years ago still to this day I still and I will struggle with it for the rest of my life because it's a long it's a, a chronic illness that's what it's classed at it's not that it's I, I'm very lucky that I, man, I can manage it well and I'm not severely kind of um like restricted by it anymore but yeah like I still deal with it to this day before my half marathon training my last run before my first half marathon I was in my bed for days sometimes I can take a class still and I'm in my bed for a a good 40 hours I get migraines on the regular like I still deal with it every day so like you're saying it's not just a oh, I done a bit of rehab and I got a coach and I was fixed within a couple of weeks. Like, no, this is something I work on every single day of my life. And I will for the rest of time for me to continue living, like fulfilled and living a happy life and doing the things that I love to do.
0: Yep, And I think it's not been a victim to it, I guess. I'm like hearing yeah. that. Because even like, again, I still forget that you're going through all the, again, I go on Instagram and we think everything's wonderful yep. and mm-hmm. amazing, but then I see you sharing the days when you're like, I'm literally... And bed, I can't move, I'm absolutely exhausted because this is a part of your life now. But you could be like, Well, fuck this, what's the point? I hate life. Like, yeah. we could cut it so easy to become in like a huge negative trap from being yeah. in a situation like that. And I think, yeah, it's just incredible what you've built and your mindset and your thoughts on it. Cause I know that's not easy, but I guess you probably still have days where you're like, Not that 100%. 100%.
1: <laughs> like, ask Chris, I'm sure he'd give you a video on this. <laughs> but of course, like, what I feel fortunate, like I almost sometimes say like I'm glad, not glad that I went through it because it's it wasn't nice for anyone, but I feel like I can take a lot of positive away from it. The reason I ran half marathons this year was to prove that I wasn't restricted by my condition. The reason that I coach is because I want I wanted to be that support system that I never allowed myself to have and to educate women on how to look after their bodies so that they never, ever, ever end up in a scenario that I was in. I, I think I I can take a lot of what I've learned and help other people with it. And for me, like that's so like I'm, ha- I'm see if that's what I get out of that injury. So be it. Like I'm happy with that. That is a good. I think that's quite positive. But also, that didn't come overnight. That took years to get to that place. So if again, if there are women that are going through something similar, not something similar, but like a, a sh- struggle, some time. It's never going to be overnight and it's something you probably will work on forever. But like that's almost the beauty of it as well, that you're tackling life with another little challenge that you know that you're able to overcome every single time.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think for people as well, like sometimes we think we just get to that finish line or we just get to that happy place. But life is always changing and adapting and evolving. And although we're like coaches now, we don't know where we're going to be in 20 years. And I think sometimes we think life is so fixed. And we're just going to get to that final destination and everything will be okay. And I think that's why when we have that mindset that everything's going to be okay and we're wonderful and everything's magical, when something bad happens, we absolutely crash. And I think yeah. when it is injuries or when life does go to shit or we lose our job or our life completely changes when we become mothers or whatever, that it's like, we just need to learn that that's all just a part of life. It's it's ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. but if you don't have the downs and you don't know how good the highs are. So yeah. like... It's normal for life to be constantly changing. But I think we just again, maybe it's Instagram or just this world that we've grown up with. But I think like again, this is why I want to do these podcasts, because from outside we're all like, yes, she's bossing it, she's killing it, she's amazing. But it's like, God, she's been through a hell of a journey. So I really appreciate you sharing all of this with us today.
1: Of course. I I mean, like like you said, like Instagram is terrible for fantasize in life it's not and I you know we're all guilty for posting our positive parts so yeah definitely we got to share the realness
0: (laughs) yeah it's a mixture isn't it I think we both try to share a bit of a mixture of the highs and lows but sometimes when I'm sharing negative shit I'm like oh here's Leanne moaning again everyone's kind of so fed up with me I know I'm like I don't want to sit like I think what I like with us both talking about social media because people don't get that side of our life is like I don't want to sit and write negative shit because then you're staying in that negative situation i want to sit and think about something positive and get myself out of that funk so i think that's the problem as well Is like it's like i've been on social media since like before like i even met joe like 2013. when it first came out i was like instagram mad like i was always an instagram girl and like you can see my life through instagram like the party days like (laughs) old boyfriends (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then, like, Joe, and then getting into training and I, it's just like my whole life on it it's insane I'm so much more on there than I am on Facebook but like I don't even know where I was going with that loss. I, I think
1: know. it's hard as a coach right to share the balance because how do like it's you almost don't want to cross the line of being so positive that makes someone feel shit that they can't that they're not in that place but you also don't want to share the negative things because why would you share like negative energy not energy not to be thinking about like why would you share that negative experience at the same time so it's like finding that middle ground between like lesson and like fulfillment and like this is a good thing in life but like we're challenged but it's hard like I totally get you it's hard to kind of portray the like life without it being like the highs of the highs or the lows of the lows
0: yeah and you post like once a day if you're even lucky that's like one post seven, seven posts a day if people even see those posts you know so it's so hard to like write who's seen what and what's gone where and I think it's just good for us to share that as well for people listening and they rather than just seeing a post for what it is and that's life it's like there's actually thought and you guys know as well if you're posting on social media you probably think about something before you post it and you maybe share a holiday picture two weeks after you've been like it's just a weird wonderful place to be but it's a really positive place but also it's yeah. always good to just rather than just take in what that post says, have a wee think about behind the scenes. I yeah. think super helpful.
1: Context is key. That yes,
0: is key. and we're going to end up just sitting and forgetting we're on a podcast here. Oh, I know. <laughs> so really um, normal. I just wanted to share quickly with everyone else because, like, we're not just stopping here. We're running really kind of two awesome businesses right now with the Athletic Artist and Redefine You. But we're also. What's happening?
1: <laughs> <Is there laughs> I thought you went to awesome businesses like my business and your business (laughs) (laughs) and you're teaching so you're teaching
0: you're training you're doing so much right now but now we're doing a master's on top of that so like and and when we last spoke you were telling me all about it and I thought it was super interesting as well and I think it's good for maybe some mums to hear that their daughters and sons who are into like performing that there's going to hopefully be changes in the future for them to be looked after more and that's something you're exploring just now isn't it?
1: 100% yeah so I'm doing a master's in dance science education because I believe like I want to provide the support that I didn't have in the industry on how like I said I feel like we're taught how to book a job we're not taught how to look after our bodies and as a dancer like without your body and your mind in one good healthy place like I mean my career ended after five years and I never got to achieve half the things that I wanted to um and dancers enter the industry to fulfill childhood dreams that's what that is for like that's why we do it right because it's we're so connected to it and it is a childhood dream like you're on stage in costumes pretending to be someone like it's very fantasy so for me to have went through what I went through and knowing how much more I would have wanted out of my career I just want to help as many performers as I can not go through but I went through and have a healthier lifestyle and a healthier career definitely
0: yeah I love that so we're doing a master's on top
1: <laughs> we're
0: doing a master's on top god bless Chris he sees me like we're like ships passing in the night these days yeah (laughs) it's incredible what you're doing though and I think again that's almost like if you hadn't been what you're through just now or if other people haven't been what you've been through then there wouldn't be this like research and this study into making sure people are looked after so yeah
1: I I know there's not too much literature on the strength and conditioning and physiology side of dancers so it's definitely something that I want to help the evolution of because like I said there's not there's not enough of it yeah cool so
0: two wee questions before we go to yeah. quick fire one which is like who was someone that was inspirational to you growing up was it a like preferably a woman who was someone that you looked at and were like I want to
1: be as badass as them when I grow up yes my dance a 1000% she built the dance academy that I grew up in she has went through her own challenges and and she is she is my biggest inspiration a thousand percent
0: yeah, I thought it would be. So, when you started the podcast, I was like, that's probably going to be the answer to that question. Um, where can yeah. we find more from you and what you're up to?
1: Yeah, so my redefine your Instagram is Nick Thompson Fit. The athletic artist, I think, is the athletic artist or the dancers coach from the two. Um, but you can find me at Nick Thompson Fit. That's where I'm most active. You can connect with me at like Let's Chat um, and you can see Brendan on there, which is the real reason that you're going to go to that page. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, like it's honestly been incredible for you to share all of that I feel like in the description we'll share obviously all your details and where to find you but earlier on I was like man we're gonna have to make a list of like everything you've been through with, like, I, like,
1: actual, I feel like I waffled
0: <laughs> like brain damage tests. like there's like a list of like stuff that you've experienced Um, But hopefully, I, I well not hopefully. I know people have probably taken a huge amount from this. Just like your energy and how you show up after everything you've been through is absolutely incredible. So, um, thank you so much for having the courage and um the energy during Christmas to kind of come and film this with us today.
1: Of course, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. And like I said, if my story can help anyone just make that one step closer to where they want to be and overcome what they're coming through, then that's all I care about
0: hell yeah I even am fired up but anyway if anyone wants to contact you I'm sure you're happy for them to ask yes. a little message ask any questions because I'm sure they you're not alone in what you've been through their experience and that's so you're happy for them to message you 100% come in the dms let's chat. <laughs> let,
1: let's chat
0: okay everyone else thank you so much for listening I hope you've enjoyed today let me know any of your biggest takeaways and I'll catch up with you all very soon